have Malika Fardala. I hope you're fine being recorded and using your real name. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, she is going to be a fourth year student here. She literally got back yesterday. Yeah. From a study abroad in South Korea. Nice. So she's not going to talk about that today, but you guys can hunt her down later and to talk to her yeah. about that. I'm That's not quite good. as cool. <laughs> no, but you're, you're getting there. And then we have Alex Brown, who will be a second year student. Um, both of these ladies are English majors and work in the Writing Center, so they see writing from all kinds of assignments across campus, and they've both taken my writing classes. So I'm just going to tell you more about like my particular classes, although I'm not crazy. I'll just put that out there. I am in line with national standards, and I do a lot of research to make sure that my writing classes are the same as other classes across the country. So we're going to talk a little bit today about um, how college writing is different. What am I going to say? Okay. So just a little information here about writing requirements. First, every college, every college has at least one writing requirement. So you will have to take at least one writing intensive class probably in your first or second semester. Some, some colleges and universities have more. Uh, we have two at the lower level, and then some majors require writing intensive courses uh, in your major or even outside your major. So it's a thing. Writing's going to happen. If you hate it, just buckle your seatbelts because it's going to happen. So you will be writing in college a lot, and I spend a lot of my time trying to convince students that writing is important. I don't know why I have to do this. <laughs> But you will write for uh, your classes beyond your English or writing classes, I promise you. I mean, if Peter were here, and actually Denise down the hall was like, you should bring in another faculty member just to say how important writing is. Because everyone thinks I'm a liar when I say <laughs> you're going to be writing. I don't know why, but you will, I promise. And it's important for all disciplines or majors. I have students all the time telling me, well, I'm going to be a pharmacist, so I don't need to know how to write. And I usually say stuff like, well, you won't be my pharmacist. <laughs> but no, you will have to know how to read and write. Reading is important. Writing is important. Writing about things you read, a thing. Um, and then, but you will write differently depending on your classes and majors. So your first year writing classes in most cases are going to be pretty general to give you foundational knowledge that will help you build your writing skills in your major. So Peter would be the first to tell you he writes very differently than I do in the sciences versus the humanities or social sciences. But I can't teach you how to do that. I can only teach you the basics of academic writing and then he, if you're a physics major, would teach you how to write in that major. Because I'm not a physics person, I don't know. I mean, I could probably read some stuff and figure it out, but that's not my expertise. <coughs> so you do have to learn how to write in your major in your major classes, and then here's the, a sadder part, you'll still have to keep learning how to write on the job. So even though you go through all the classes, four years, like, okay, I know how to do this, you're going to go for a company or for an office, and they're going to say, that's fine, but that's not how we do it. So you'll have to continue to hone and shape those writing skills as you move on. And even if you change jobs, so Cotty has a style guide. <laughs> Here and I have to adhere to their style guide when I write proposals, which is different from other style guides that I've worked with before. So I've had to change how I write, even just being here. So now I want to know a little bit about the things you're currently doing in your English or writing classes um, in high school, because 
I was at a high school four years ago working. I set up a writing center, and so I knew some stuff then, but I don't feel like I know stuff now, and I'm kind of just curious. So tell me about what you guys are doing in class. So we just recently, um, we're a really small school, we just got a really good teacher. He taught at Truman State University, and um, okay. he just had our English 3 class do a 10-page research report on like whatever topic we wanted. Like there's a few things you could do, like religion or, or something like vague topics like that. Mm -hmm. But um, and he taught us exactly how to write a college paper. We had like a month to do it, a month and a half to do it. He showed us all research types and like how to use Google Scholar and cite all of our sorts. And none of us, half of us, hadn't used MLA format yet. So cool. it was kind of an eye opener exactly what we're going to have to do in college because we've never had to write a report that extensive before. Okay. What is Google Scholar? <laughs> It's a, so there's a hidden Google, it's scholar.google.com, and it uh, filters your searches so that you get only academic, uh, so peer-reviewed like articles or links to books, and so if you're looking for academic sources on, sources. yes, yeah, and then this actually does kind of cool things, you can log in, you can create citations, and you can save your sources, so if you're working on a big thing, it's really That's helpful. Cool. Good. What else are you doing? Um, so last year, for my sophomore year, we did everything about human nature. So we read an assortment of books from, um, let's see, we read uh, The Road by Cormac McCarthy. We read uh, Lord of the Flies. We read um, just all those sorts of types of books. Uh -huh. And then we finished off with doing like a memoir about ourselves and how we reflect on our own human nature. And then um, this year, for our summer assignment, we're reading East of Eden. Okay, excellent. So you're writing about literature? Yes. Okay. So two different kinds of writing, research writing and literature-based writing. Good. What else? Okay. Um, well, we, wrote, we wrote about books, but we wrote about how what lessons we can take from. One was about um, the adventures of Huckleberry Finn, the other one was of Mice and Men, or we can do it on Great Gatsby. Okay. Books I haven't read, which we discussed in the other class. <laughs> uh, so connections to like yourself or life yeah but like was there a deeper meaning in what the writer was trying to say okay what, so like literary analysis yeah okay what else have we been doing so in my English class we do literary analysis but I took a class last year called the AP seminar yeah which is about um, like, and, like analyzing rhetoric Good. and credibility and that was more um, academic based writing what do you mean by that? So um, we would have to establish an argument okay. and learn how to establish credibility in our paper. Um, and also we would learn how to uh, propose um, an argument with PowerPoints effectively. Okay. Mine were like... <laughs> it's okay, we're from all different backgrounds. So like I... Mean, I, I still education, but because like that was in school. But my teacher was like really spunky, and she always liked last discussions more, which is, I mean, some people really did that. Like me, like I just love to like, like we had discussions about books and all kinds of stuff. I don't know that we're honestly, like, <laughs> 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 like we, we wrote, I did, I did research papers and I was site and stuff and MLA and everything. But we were more into class discussions and different kind of learning games okay. to be more engaging for the people who were more quiet but knew things. So mm -hmm. I thought that was really fun. Cool. Um, 
in my school, we're not, we're, we haven't been writing this much this last year. We're doing a lot of our essays on the um, uh, program called um, Cyber High. Okay. So that's where we've been doing a lot more of our writing because they'll have like certain projects like, oh, write, write an essay for this subject. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so I have a few more hands and then we'll just go this way. <laughs> so my school had a central theme for each um, class. Okay. So was the final essay like based on the sources or was it more personal stuff? Um, it was based on the sources. Like we came up with a list of human qualities that were only human mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year and then we had to tie those in and how the sources related. Good. Um, I'm in a two-year program. It's IB English instead of AP. Okay. And so we're focused more on our W-2s and our W-1s and stuff for turning it into IB next year. Okay. But we we just basically read a book and then did a bunch of analysis over it. Um, I was in AP literature and basically we practiced writing for like Q three questions, prose, poetry, and we would read a book and then we do a Q three over it, and we also did multiple choice. Okay. It was like we had a. So there was essays and multiple choice questions? Yeah. And then towards the end of the year, like, we didn't really, like, we just did cute things off, like, and you had to find, like, the little and the big question so you could actually, like, write your essay. Right. Good. Okay, last one. Oh, so in my class, this is, like, American literature, so started, like, a scarlet letter and related to Greg Gatsby. And um, what we had to do with every book we read is we had to form an opinion about, like, something about the book. Okay. So you form an opinion and then I just spelled opinion wrong. That's fine. I can't write and talk at the same time. I don't know what the problem is. Um, and then you use outside sources. Okay. 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 All right, so this gives me, um, this is what I kind of thought for the most part. Um, so Malika's from a larger high school, yes? Yes. You want to say a little bit about where you're from? Um, so I went to high school in Phoenix, Arizona. My school was called Central High School, and it was like 2,000. I don't know. My class was like 480 people, So, but I was in AP. I don't know how far I'm supposed to go with this. That's fine. Okay. That's a good stop. All right, Alex has a different sort of situation. Yeah. I came from a very, very small high school in Osceola, Missouri. A lot of people don't even know where it is. It barely has a spot on the map. So yeah, it was much, much smaller. And there was like a very small English class that didn't really do hardly anything at all. And even the AP class was like, write a paper and you'll get a grade. So, oh, okay. yeah. so just two different perspectives. So like. I know we're from a wide variety of places, but we have a very large, or not very large, but that's a largish high school and a small high school and so different ideas here. All right, so here are some things I've come up with and I'm gonna ask Malika and Alex to jump in with their experience. And then if you guys have questions, you can jump in too. Um, 
So here's uh, the very first thing I want to say, and uh, this came up yesterday, I think we were talking about literature, it became, <laughs> somebody in the other class was reading Jane Eyre, and uh, yeah, that's you right. You didn't know what it was. <laughs> I said, I've never read that, and of course that was blasphemy, but, uh, <laughs> it's not my thing. So what I want you to think about is that writing is not the same as English. So it's possible that wherever you go, it might be called English 101, but it is not an English class. It is a writing class. It's probably called first year composition or freshman composition or writing 101 or college writing or introduction to college writing or something like that. So I don't want you to think about writing in college as an English class. So that's been a huge battle for me to get students to think about my class not as an English class, but as a writing class. Would script writing be different? It would be different. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Uh, in college, when you writing, why wouldn't you write about like personal stuff? Because we don't care about your personal yeah. stuff. <laughs> so true. I, I don't. I don't mean to be like like blah. But so like here's kind of what I would say. You're starting to figure out things about disciplines, about being in an academic community. You don't know enough yet to have an opinion. And I know people don't like to hear that but that's just what we think. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what the whole class was about last time. Okay, so um, we did a lot of talking about how before you can talk about any type of subject, you need to listen to what the experts said first um, because they have discovered so much more before we were even in the picture. So you need to know basic knowledge that other people have discovered about the subject before you can form an opinion on something that is new or bring something new to the table. So that's what she means by that. So yeah. we don't care what you think. It's just you have to prove that you know what you're talking about. You need about. to listen for a little while, I think, before you jump in with your opinions mm -hmm. is kind of where that comes from. Um, so unless you're an English major, which these two are, um, but you have to think about that you're going to have probably a couple semesters, if not closer to four, of general education classes where you're not taking any of your major courses. So you'll be writing on the introductory level in all kinds of classes like history and psychology. What other classes do you guys take? I don't know. I don't know. Logic. <laughs> logic. Yeah, logic. Yeah. Stuff. So unless you're an English major, you're probably not going to get to read and write about literature much at all, if ever again. Yeah. So if you didn't like it, that's over with. Yeah. So yeah, if you yeah. hated that, then good. If you loved it, then maybe you should be an English major. Yes. <laughs> And then uh, most writing in college ask you, uh, most will ask you to read and engage uh, with nonfiction sources and research. Oh, so true. Do you want to say more about that? Yeah, and I think it's also an interesting leap because in high school, your English class is so much literature and like you're analyzing poetry. But when you come to college, you're learning about ethnographies and like how to do research papers. And research papers does not, like it doesn't involve you as a writer. So you have to, like unless you're taking a literary class or you're trying to prove a point with the fiction book, like you don't associate with fiction much anymore. I haven't read any novels. You've read novels for your English classes though, like Toni Morrison or whatever, right? Uh, you didn't take Toni. I Morrison. didn't take it. Never mind. I think you're moral. I did take that class. So. But you've taken. I mean, but yeah, so. but it's very few because I take it mostly yours. So yeah. So. I'm not wrong. No. No, you're not wrong. Do you guys have questions about this? If you don't know what credible sources are, find your library and talk to the librarians. Because uh, Wikipedia is not something you should be citing. Alex also works in the library. I do. <laughs> wow. And so like, that's part of it, too. So uh, 
these things, like wherever you go, you'll probably have some sort of orientation and you'll get to know that librarian or there are multiple librarians in some cases. They'll teach you how to do research there because it's different at every college. So we have databases and search things that other colleges don't have or they look different. And so that's something that you'll have to learn. And so whenever you test out of certain classes or you uh, like have AP credit, it's possible that you won't have those skills like I was saying yesterday. So some of, the th some of those things that you might have to go back to the librarian or somebody and get those sources. Okay. So here are some important notes. I don't know how much you guys write per semester, but I remember when I was in high school, which granted was like your lifetime ago, we did a ton of like daily writing things and it felt like I was writing something all the time like an essay like every one or two weeks or something. Busy work. Yeah. Is that, is that still true? Are you still writing? I don't know if we don't write, we don't write essays as busy work. We're, we do a lot of essays, but they're within, like, closer together. Like, every one or two weeks we do an essay, but it's based on something we just learned. Okay. Not so we, like, learn something and then we do an essay. Okay, learn something, do an essay. We didn't really do a lot of essays this year. I know the seniors last year were complaining because they did a lot, and this year wasn't as much. Really, it was quite, it was, we only did, like, two or three, and that okay. was really bad. We have, like, two essays for, or one essay per quarter, so like four for the entire year. Oh. But we have, like, bell ringers in the morning, like, whenever you came into class, like, in a journal. Oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. responded to a prompt. So you had like oh, informal yeah. writing assignments like journaling and those kinds of mm -hmm. things. Yeah, that's that's pretty common. We had to write three essays or like three research papers over the course of the entire year and two of those papers were was for like the AP course okay. or for the test. Okay. Because the reason behind this was because you were spending so much time going in and researching and editing that it would be a waste of time if you did something every single day right. writing. Okay. Well, we did the my school, because I'm homeschooled, but I go to a tutoring group, is they had me write um, every other week um, a five-page research paper, and then we had to do a 10-page overview. Okay, good. Okay, um, sorry. Yeah, um, so before we wrote like a in-depth essay, we, we used that like a good month, like analyzing things that we are going to write about, um, but we did do like bell work kind of thing. Yeah. We had, it was the idea we, like, to write faster, so we had to write 250 words Okay, so is that in the service, do you think, to passing a test of some sort, like so that you can write more for it's an exam? Just so that you can learn to write faster and analyze things in a clear way so you don't spend as much time on your essays and Okay, good. So just for an example, um, both of my writing classes, 101 and 102, we have four major assignments for the entire semester. So we spend about four weeks per assignment. Um, but what that means is fewer assignments means that they're worth more points, it's higher stakes. So while I have homework and a couple of other small things, about 80% of the class are those four, those four assignments. And so they usually start off with less you know, percentage or fewer points at the beginning and then gradually as you kind of get your footing, the last essay should be worth you know, the most so that you're kind of putting together all of those things. Um, depending on the assignment, most college writing doesn't want your opinion. Sorry. <laughs> I do feel guilty. Um, and most college writing will ask you to work with sources. Okay. Do you guys want to add anything? Or no? Sorry. Um, no, I was just going to say make sure you know how to cite. Um, because, like, I know that a lot of people learn how to do some of that in high school, but they do come out with new editions and. Um, 
plagiarism is really, really serious, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. I don't know if we're going to be talking about that later, but... Um, oh. Okay, well, here we go. There you go. <laughs> Reading my mind. <laughs> All right, so when I talk about sources, and I think this is, and I might be wrong, so you guys can correct me, but I feel like this is the harder transition for a lot of my students is they're used to reading a lot of literature and they're like, oh, well, but here's what I think about it. And I'm like, well, that's not what that means. Because when you're looking at articles about plagiarism or articles who are uh, about what are literacy sponsors or whatever, uh, you can actually get it wrong. Like, I'm like, that's not what she was saying at all. Mm. <laughs> so like, uh, you have to actually have pretty good reading skills, and I think that's where I think the catch-up happens. Um, so if you're not quite ready, if the students I see who are not quite ready, who struggle a little bit those first few weeks, it's often because they're not used to engaging with texts in that way. So you have to be able to read them, understand them, and then write about them in a way that doesn't plagiarize. So what if we have Oh, absolutely. And we often do have class discussions. So like usually, like so like just to give you an example of those, those four weeks before we go, uh, and do, we're writing the whole time, but we're reading stuff and we're talking about it. And I'm like, okay, how does this connect to what we're going to write about? Let's take some notes. I do talk about, too, how to, like some reading tips. Like what are some ways to really, because it's not always the most engaging. It can be flat out boring, and I'm like, too bad. You're gonna have to read a lot of boring stuff for the rest of your life. But the important thing is, like, they're not having you read it just to read it. Like, almost always, you're reading a text because you're gonna have to reference it whenever you're being asked to write whatever the subject is. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like, oh, I'll just skip that. It's fine. We'll talk about it in class. No, you have to be able to understand it for yourself so that you can make your own opinion based off of it. Yeah, because off of, like off of that, you have to. Well, you don't have to, but you should contribute to the like class discussion. Sometimes you have it's to. It's beneficial. Well, yes, because it's beneficial. Because if you're completely in left field, oh, you want someone to like reel you back in. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. So what? Ha I'm so just curious. What happens if you are in left field? You're like, oh yeah, I really like this part, and you're just wrong. Do people? What happens in a conversation like that? Then people are like, oh, I didn't think of it like this, but then we compare um, perspectives, and then we find the correct one. Because <laughs> we can't just let you stay out there. Because no, you're gonna write the complete paper wrong. So. so people are nice about it? Yes, people are nice. No one's going to be like, that's wrong. It's like, oh. Hey, you're so dumb. You don't know how to read. It's, it's not no, bad. No, it's not no. Not Sometimes I might think that. <laughs> <laughs> but what if you have trouble, or, or you do look up the sources, but you have trouble like putting them into your paper? That's when you go to the writing center. <laughs> <laughs> so that is... Uh, I mean, I would say easily the most difficult part of research because I can find a source, I can read a source, but I don't know how to like always like get everything together. Well, my problem is more like I can get the source, I can write it down. My trouble is like putting it, trying to cite it because I know what I want to put, I know what I can take, and I can put it in the paper. Okay. The rest of it, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Well, <laughs> the first step is knowing what your what style you're writing in because like APA you can't do like well you can do quotes but you're not really supposed to do them as much so um, yeah I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. No, no, I'm not cut off. I'm just saying like th the way that you use your source usually depends on your style so mm -hmm. that's like the first thing you need to know. Right. Yeah, and then different ways to like cite at the end of the paper. But I was like, I don't understand how to put it there. So that was that was always confused me how to cite. Myself. Um, and I hear that a bajillion times a year. So <laughs> I totally, you're not like you know, you're not wow. alone at all. Yeah. <laughs> Do you go over input citations like before that too? Because like I always forget. 
the author and what the author means? Um, I do it very little. Um, but at this point, so like in my 101 class, we do MLA, and I'm going to assume that most students have done at least one paper in MLA. Um, is that yes? No, yes. Well, no, I always put mine on the right instead of the left. Well, then you're going to fail. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, I mean, don't get me wrong. So I don't want to, like, misrepresent things. Citing sources is very important. Formatting your papers is important. Some professors take points off if they're like, what? No, excuse me, the line to the right. They'll be like, minus five or whatever. I myself am more interested in your ideas and how you work with the sources. And then like, we can always add in citations. I mean, usually we have drafts, those kinds of things. But again, I don't want to misrepresent because there are some people who are like, oh wow, you don't have a comma here in this citation, so you're clearly plagiarizing. I'm gonna give you a zero. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a little extreme, but there are p cases where I feel like students just actually made a mistake and didn't intentionally cheat, and there are other professors who are like, you're gonna fail this assignment or even this class as a result. So I don't wanna scare you, but at the same time, I don't wanna misrepresent like the truth of what's happening. But there are resources on campus that you guys can utilize if you really are concerned about things like this, because we both we both yeah. work in the writing center, so we come and you come and we assist you with that type of stuff if you're really concerned about making sure your sources are correct. My advice would be to make sure that you get your writing done ahead of time. Give yourself like a week before it's due so that you can double check with like your professor or other peers to make sure that your citations are correct. So we do peer review, which I'm sure you guys love. We've had to rethink peer review yes. because I, a lot of my high school students coming in that first semester hate it and I'm like, nope, we're going to do it this way and it, I think it ends up being a little better. Um, so the, your classmates might catch it, you go to the writing center, I'm also going to, I look at a draft before I create it, I give you what I call a pencil grade and then you have a chance to revise it. Now that is not true for everything, but for most writing classes, revision is a huge part of the class. Um, so then you have the option. So if you like totally messed up, I'll be like, wow, you didn't do any citations. I had to give you like a 60% on this, but the good news is, is you can redo it. So that's helpful. Um, come see your professors. So if I had one thing to tell, I mean, I don't know, you listen to the podcast, mm -hmm. but like Peter and I are constantly saying, come talk to us. Oh, so what I'm hearing is people should come talk to you. So like the librarian, she's like, people should come ask me questions. The business office lady, the students should come talk to me. Yeah, again, I have to go talk to people. And if you're like, I really am so, I'm worried, I'm confused, I'm afraid I'm like gonna be plagiarizing my butt off, I don't know what I'm doing, bring it in. <laughs> we can talk about it. Uh, I'm not gonna say, nope, I hope you fail. That's not, <laughs> that's not what we do. So like for the most part, if you're really concerned, make an appointment to see your professor, and I have a lot of students who, I do reflections after they write, and they're like, I was confused, I should have come to see you. And I'm like, yes, you should have. But at that point, it's too late. I'm yeah. like, maybe next time you'll like come to see me, because I'm yeah. not scary. If you have questions about an assignment, you need to ask like immediately before, you know, it's like, oh, it's due the next day. And you go, oh, well, I'm sorry, I thought it was this. But well, your professor's going to say, well, that's your fault. You should have asked. I mean, it really is on you. Like, from this point on, your education is on your shoulders. It's no one else's responsibility that you're getting the grades that you're supposed to be getting. Somebody had said that one thing they were sure about was that college is about self-advocating. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely true. 
So where I don't have a legal responsibility to make sure you don't fall through the cracks. Like it sucks when I watch students like struggle and fail and sometimes I'll be like, can I help you with something? And they're like, no, I'm good. And I'm like, fine, whatever. But like if they don't come back the next semester, I'm like, that sucks. They could have probably gotten some help, but they chose not to. And ultimately I move on with my life. Because I've got things to do. Right. <laughs> but if teachers see that you're working hard, some, usually they'll meet you halfway. I mean, really, they'll help you as much as you help yourself. So um, MLA is not the only citation style you're going to use. Some people had mentioned, I think, in the little form that, oh, you're probably going to use other citation styles. Yes, you will. So we do APA in my research writing class, and it is awful. <laughs> I love APA, but the students are like freaking out about it all the time. So citation is literally just following instructions. And so for whatever reason, there's a mental block about how, well, I only know how to do MLA. We'll get over that, because you're going to have to know how to do other things. So APA is used not just by psychology. It stands for the American Psychological Association. It's used in almost all social sciences, and it's the basis for almost all scientific citation styles. MLA is not very common. It's the humanities, fine arts, some history classes, and literature classes. It's pretty much it. Everything else is going to use a different citation style. So I wonder why we haven't been taught that in high school. Great question. Great question. It's a great question. I'm sorry. Chicago style. Chicago. So um, Chicago is not as common, but like business and some history will use Chicago too. It depends on the teacher and where like they were raised in terms of like their academic style or whatever. So Chicago has both endnotes and footnotes and then like uh, Dr. Roy who's a political scientist, she has APSA which is a political science citation style and so she has her students do that. The idea is just knowing that hey you got to cite your stuff, you got to look up how to cite it and follow instructions. It doesn't matter what the citation style is. You just got to follow the rules. Oh and be sure you go to like a proper citation source, not mm -hmm. like where you put in the link and all of a sudden yeah. it makes the source for you. No. No so citation machine. No. no. Oh, that is a bummer. It's, it's really not that hard to open oh. the books. Like, I don't know why people don't want to look it up inside like the manual. It's really not But do at they all. know about the manual? Oh, do you guys know that there are manuals for citation? Oh, yeah. There's like 50. Yeah, so there, every citation style has the official citation guide. So MLA, the Modern Language Association, has an actual book, and they have an actual website. I would go to that website. If you Google MLA citation, you're going to get all kinds of stuff. What you want is, so now we're in the, what, the eighth edition of MLA yeah. that came out last April. Those citation generators tend to be behind, mm -hmm. and so you're probably actually getting seventh edition, which is very different from the eighth edition. So if you have someone saying, this isn't correct, it might just be that you're actually citing the wrong edition. Um, APA has a citation style guide, Chicago, AP, all of them have. APA, like, do different editions also? Like, yes, yeah, so they've had the same edition for 10 years, which makes me think they're probably going to come up with a new one in the next five or so, but they are on the sixth edition. Yeah. Why do they have so many different editions of citation? That's a great question. Some people think we're just trying to make money. I don't know how much money they're making. Probably not that much. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you because, like, they're. <laughs> They're, I mean, they sell those citation books for like $8. You know, they're not like, ooh, roll it in the cash. <laughs> um, but MLA's most recent edition is because our sources are changing so much. Think about like whenever I was in high school, I literally could like touch paper copies of everything I used in my senior research paper. Like I had note cards. 
you know, like I did, it was, it's just very different. Now, all these online sources, things are very different. They're having to change to keep up with how information is being distributed and used. And their old citation style just wasn't good enough for that. So they had to make changes. So they stopped citing certain things and started figuring out, like, how do you cite a tweet? <laughs> like, or whatever. So those are things. They're having to change for society. So don't get me wrong. Part of it probably is, like, money-driven, because that's, like, what all publishing companies are about. Um, but at the same time, I think they feel like they have a responsibility to make sure that we can use their system with the sources that we have. Yeah, when you said there was additions, I'm like, wait, there's additions of signing? Hold on, what's going on here? Well, but it's been around. So MLA has, like, the first edition came out in 1977. So eight editions since 1977 is not that much. It's not like they have one every year. So it's clearly not a, all, like, profit-driven. So it's basically kind of like going on with what the time is. Right, right, because it's just, things are very different. In 1977, they offered four citations, like books, magazines and journals, newspapers, and I think personal interviews. They only had four. <laughs> so like, I think the seventh still, edition. We three of those today. We're still able to right, but they're like, oh, we only had, but that's all they needed to cite. Mm -hmm. That was all you would ever need to cite in MLA. Now we're like, well, that barely covers like a tenth of my sources at this point, because, mm -hmm. you know, I actually have an ebook and YouTube, TED Talks, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. <laughs> good. Um, good question. So I do want to also say that following instructions is very important, like which citation styles to use. Uh, some professors do take off like major points for just not doing what they ask you to do. So I say this, I don't know if it's true, but I tell my boyfriend's nine-year-old, I'm like, doing well in school is 90% following instructions. And I'm like, did you read the assignment sheet? Well, no. And I'm like, well, then how do you expect to do well? Uh, so that's the first thing when students come to me, I'm like, I'm confused. I'm like, well, do you have the assignment sheet? Well, no. I'm like, have you read it recently? Well, that might be why you don't know what's going on. Um, so assignment sheets are going to give you stuff. They're so important. I think I used to take them for advan like advantage of them, like in high school. I don't think I really cared about an assignment sheet. You and, just asked a friend. And the syllabus. Oh, yeah. Always read the syllabi. Oh, I used to throw those away. <laughs> high school, though, high school. But people didn't use syllabus in yeah, in high school, do you use? Yeah, no. no, you don't. Keep your syllabi when you for all of your college, classes. Please keep it. Yes, it gives you all of the information that you need to contact your professors, when they'll be in their offices, the when grade. the final exam is, how do you get grades. They put, like, dates for every yep, they do. So you need it because oh, if, good, if you come to class unprepared, they're like, it was in the syllabus. You're right. And then whenever you're balancing like six classes, <laughs> it's easier to just have all that information right there when you're trying to reference it quickly. Yes. <laughs> my school school oh, she's going to the syllabus. Here we go. I okay. keep mine because I have nowhere else to put my syllabus. In case you're That's curious, good. this is my syllabus from last fall. Um, so here's all my information. And we actually have a syllabus template here because we, we are required I don't want to say by law because we're private, but you know, legally, we need to give you certain amounts of information on our syllabus, you know, like how to contact us or those kinds of things. I also have to put the required texts on there. Revise those? Yes. Yeah. <coughs> so, just a note required, you will not pass this class without these books. True. True. <laughs> So there might be, so some professors might have required text and then like optional or additional text. Those are things that they recommend but you don't necessarily have to purchase. 
But if these are required, yeah, you need to show up with that book in your hand the first day because you will have reading homework. Both books? <coughs> Show up with both of them. So that's a, one of the things that like I get really annoyed with about because like oh well I'm gonna order it and then like there's three weeks later like I still haven't gotten my book and I'm like not my problem, not my problem. So and that is legitly what I would say and that's exactly what Peter would say too. He says actually that's a YP. It's a your problem, not an MP. and my problem. A tip though. So if you don't get it by the time the class starts buddy up with someone um, and ask them if you can use the book share until you get your book. Yes. Email your professor and figure out which pages you're reading and copy that out of somebody else's book so you'll have it for the yeah. next day. I mean something. Yeah. Yes ma'am. Okay, so if we're required to bring those texts the first um, day of class, when do you get the syllabus? So, what, so you get the syllabus the first day of class. Granted when you enroll you get your uh, list of classes and it has a list of required texts. On it. We are required by weeks. law to give you a list of texts when you enroll for that class. So if the textbook is five hundred dollars, you know ahead of time, okay. right? So we, that is a federal law. No. Yeah. Okay. Which is why I have to turn in my textbook orders in like I don't know February or August. It's so annoying. Um, but that's okay because you guys deserve to know what's going on. Uh, also, like at least for me, and I think a lot of other professors, we I purchased these books out of my own funds for my professional development, and I put reserved copies in the library, which means you can't check it out, but you can go borrow it for two hours. So at the very least, you can get a hold of this textbook and read the assignment while you're sitting in the library or make photocopies. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, I don't want to deal with my classmates, then that's usually an option. So this is a basic syllabus. Um, course description, course overview, uh, student learning outcomes, teaching methods. Here's what you need to do to succeed in the class. Um, <laughs> would the syllabus ever be like late, say, like you didn't give it the first day? Yes, it's possible. What <laughs> yeah. happened this year, like we didn't get our syllabus for like one of my classes till almost the middle of the year. That's unusual. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was so bad because everyone else was asking and we all, everyone got it late. Um, I don't want to badmouth that particular person because I don't know anything about their lives, but it seems to me that person wasn't prepared for class. I mean, really, like, yeah. <laughs> so this is, I don't have my schedule on this. I have a, a different thing. So I can always give you the syllabus and then I can uh, update the schedule as I need to. But just to like let you know, there's the attendance policy someone had asked about well, what's the sample attendance policy. So this is a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class. We meet three days a week. The students are allowed to miss four times without any, I don't even care. Just be gone four times, you don't have to talk to me, whatever. But after that, things start happening. Penalties start getting applied. So at five absences, your final grade is reduced by 5%. That means that you're like, wow, I'm doing awesome in this class. You might not actually be doing as awesomely as you think because if you've missed seven times, you're actually going to get 15% off your final grade. Yeah, that comes out at the end. The end, right. So when I told you the other day, yes, you can fail for not attending, that's how. Is this like just your attendance policy? This is the attendance policy for all first year writing classes. So the English department decided this is what we wanted and we do it. There are lots of other professors, like Peter's on his own. He doesn't have a department. He's by himself, so he gets to decide his policy. 
Um, this is not uncommon. I've used this at four other schools. So it's not like, wow. And then I do want to make a note about excused absences. Well, I was sick. <laughs> Don't care. That's not an excuse. <coughs> That's one of your four. <laughs> so I would use those wisely. If you are engaged in official like school business, like if you're on a sports team or you're traveling with the Sarah Metz Institute for a leadership conference or a writing center conference, um, those are excused, at least in my class. There are some professors who are like, I don't care that you play volleyball, that's an absence. But it's not so hard to Someone said something about, asked a question about being late. I don't love it. I don't love when people are late. Um, this pertains to the absence thing. Okay. But say one of the girls was involved in, like, she was a victim of a crime and she had to go back to her hometown for a court date. Would that take anything off of anybody? Um, so I would suggest that you uh, make that one of your absences, but I would definitely talk to the professor because okay. one professor might say, no, that's just one of your absences, I don't care. Another person might be like, okay, that's a limiting circumstance. If anything major is happening in your life, like your grandparents get sick or you have to get called home for an emergency or whatever, you have to talk to people. Don't just disappear off campus because we'll be like, well, that's irresponsible. They must be tired of my class. Um, and a lot of times you can get special accommodations for situations that are like out of your control. So just be aware there are people to talk to. You can talk to, um, well, there are counselors on campus, but you can come talk to your professor and they can hook you up with the registrar's office who can, if you have a leave of absence, some people leave because they're sick. <laughs> Do you ever get like excuse for assignments from like an emergency like your no. family? No. So you might get an extension. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, Oh, well, I've had you know I had to do this, blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, like the way I work is I give students one assignment extension throughout the entire semester, no questions asked. But you only get one. I don't take late work, so I've got time for that. You know, I've got to write papers. So excuse absence wouldn't be like if you were sick, but what if you were like throwing up or something? Nope. You're in college now. <laughs> it's on you. <laughs> yeah, it kind of sucks. Because I'm like, well, I don't want you to vomit in my class, and you should take your day. But that being said, you know, that's why you have those four absences. So, like, I would use those four absences very carefully. Like, well, I just don't feel like going. Because what happens is students blow through those four absences, like, I don't know, the first four or five weeks. And then they're forced to be in class. And they'll be like, I don't feel well, but I can't miss. And I'm like, consequences. Yes, ma'am. Um, these four absences for, like, the whole class? Like missing the whole class is the whole thing. Oh, yeah, I mean, like how long is a semester? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. So everything that you guys are talking about, like we did four essays a year, everything in my brain is only 16 weeks at a time. So my clock resets every 16 weeks. Mm -hmm. So 101, fall semester, done after December 15th. I don't care about that class anymore. I'm moving on to 102 or whatever classes I'm doing in the spring. So good question. I think somebody else asked about. Well, someone else wants to go back to lateness. Like, oh, can I just come in? Yeah, you can just come in. <laughs> but if you come in on this side, and I'm standing, and you're like, I'm just going to walk across the whole room to go sit over here, I want to like hit you in the face. <laughs> uh, so maybe sit close to the door if you have to leave early, or try to sneak in. This is a large room. We have lots of small rooms, and it's almost impossible to get into a room without people being like, <laughs> <laughs> like what are you doing? Well, I'm usually like, thank you for joining us, or whatever. I know it happens from time to time. But we had a student in one of our classes last semester who was late, like, every day. 
<laughs> and they'd say, sorry, it's like, no, you're not. You'd be yeah. here. This class starts at 1. It started at 1 Tuesday, and it's going to start at 1 today, whatever. And then someone else asked about grades. This is a plus-minus system, but not all colleges do. And then within these, the individual professors get to choose what constitutes a B-minus or a B-plus. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Is it true that a C grade in English is failing? Yes. What? I didn't know that. It is. I've never had that problem. But actually, that's a new policy. It's new. It is. Oh. Um, the reason why is because I firmly believe, and I have a whole group of other people who agree, that if you can't write in first year writing at a C level, you're probably not going to be right and able to write at second year level. Oh. And so it's really, it's just a cumulative I thing. So, really so C is failing in college? It depends. So for first year writing classes here, you have to make a C or higher to move on to the next level. So we have sequential classes. So you do this one and then this one. If you can't do the first level right, you're pro or well, wasn't right, you're probably not going to do the second level well. So it depends. If you're going to transfer, most schools will not take a C or lower for transfer credit. So keep that in mind. So there are some classes here where you can actually pass the class with a D. You can move on with a D, but you probably will be able to transfer that credit. Is D minus before D or is that just a typo? It's just a typo. Okay. That is my fault. You're the only one who's got that. It's been on there for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Okay, so these are just all of my different policies, right? So I do a lot of stuff on Google Drive. So I have all my policies here. Other people might not use Google Drive. So you need to know what my policies are. So you're like, crap, I'm really sick. I'm gonna get this paper in late. What should I do? Go to the syllabus, see what my policies are. Oh, I can email her as long as I email her right before it's due, I can get that three-day extension and no problem. So the syllabus is really the key mm -hmm. to like lots of things. Yeah, before you ask your professor most questions, try to check the syllabus. Yeah, so that whole thing about it's on the syllabus, I don't know if you've seen that meme where people wearing t-shirts that say it's on the syllabus. Oh. No? Well, you should, well, once you get into college, It's a college it. professor <laughs> meme, I guess. Oh, it is. There's a t-shirt. Like, I can literally order the t-shirt that says it's on the syllabus because that's how many times I have to say it. I need a shirt just to have it printed. You should get a hat at this point to the hat. <laughs> Maybe I'll just get it tattooed and be like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you don't even have to answer anymore. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, eh, yeah. Um, so I wanted to show you in a sample assignment sheet really quick. Um, this, in, I did put a note on the slide that you won't know what these terms mean because we read about these. These are things we read about in class. Um, I have very specific assignment sheets because uh, that's my job is to teach you how to be specific and thorough, so I have to mimic that. But you can kind of see uh, this is the second essay of the semester, and you're writing four to five pages, MLA 8th edition. I give you, I'm like, here's what the rhetorical situation is, here's the organization I want you to follow, here are the steps you're going to do. This one requires students to collect primary data, so they have to observe, do text collection, and do interviews all before they can write. Do you change up the topics of your assignments every year? Or do you I do. I, I mean, so this class, I'm not teaching this class anymore. It's since been retired because we have a new class. Um, but this is, this is Writing 101, and my class was about writing, writing about writing, which I know sounds really meta, but oh, okay. yeah. It was really good. We learned a lot. 
we didn't have this one. We did genres yeah. in your class. So like, yeah, two, like three years apart, we did very different things. And so I, and I am like, ooh, I don't like this assignment. I'm going to do it differently. So I make changes all the time. There are some classes that are pretty lockstep that they don't do a lot. But I just wanted to also point out peer review. We have peer review day. You have time to revise. Then you give me a copy, and then you can decide to revise again if you want. So the, those are just some options there. Do, do you give back the essays? Like, do you give a grade and say you can like redo it? Or no? Yeah. So oh. what I do is I do it. What this is. This is probably a, a writing person thing only. It's probably not going to happen in other classes. Mm -hmm. But I give a pencil grade and I say, hey, you made a 75. Here are the things you can do. If you like your 75, don't, don't do anything. Just hang out and that pencil grade becomes a permanent grade in a week. If you don't like your 75, then here are things you can do to revise. It's due in seven days. Um, um, let's say like you revise and you just like screw everything yeah. up and you get like a worse grade. Is that your yeah. final grade or you take? or do you take pencil grade? So for me, I don't allow students to revise into a lower grade. So if you did screw it up, you get to keep the higher one. Because <laughs> I'm like, I hope, and it has happened, it has happened, like where you're like, hey, let's do this, and the student's like, okay, and they like take it and run in like a really crazy um. direction, and you're like, ooh, no. But I don't allow for that. Like I feel like you can go back to the higher one. I'd feel so upset with myself. I feel like I just got it happens. Grade. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just get confused. Okay, if you put your email on there, that's great. Continue to, um, I'll look to see if you guys ask questions. I didn't look because I'm busy. And then Peter and I will put together a list.